our youth pastor at the time, and I'm not sure if you know who Doug DeMent is. He was our uh, youth pastor at the time. Uh, he told her, I believe it means the birthing of a ministry. And she really just wanted a third child. And she came to me and I said to her, listen, we have a daughter, we have a son. They don't make any other kind. <laughs> she was not happy with that. So she began to pray and pray and pray. And she came to me and I, I didn't get it at the time. And um, both of our kids went off to uh, Evangel College. And is, that's when the Lord called us. We were living on Long Island for years, and that's when the Lord called us. We were born and raised in Brooklyn, and he called us back to Brooklyn to work for Brooklyn Teen Challenge. And um, when the Lord tells you to do something, you do it. I've learned that through many experiences. And um, we did. We went back to Teen Challenge, and we were working there. This was in 1994. And um, the, the end of 1990, no, the beginning of 1999, uh, actually, let me just do it this way. We're in Teen Challenge from 94 to 99, and, and um, I want to keep this brief, but there are so many different particulars here. Um, after a bunch of years, I moved upstairs. Uh, I was downstairs cooking for years. And then I moved upstairs, and they made me the director of development. And when they told me I was going to be the director of development, I had no idea what that even meant. And if they would have told me fundraiser, I would have said, let me stay back where I am. Because in our ministry here, we don't have a fundraiser. The Holy Spirit is our fundraiser. So when we share the ministry, it's up to the Holy Spirit to place it upon people's hearts, whether they want to get on board with us or not. Uh, anyway, my wife was upstairs during a lunchtime praying. And um, while she did, the Lord was speaking to me. And um, she came down to talk to me, and I, I, I got it. I knew it. And so, um, God called us in 1999 at 50 years old to go to Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. So we were obedient and we did. Uh, we didn't have the money to do it, but God provided $20,000 through one offering in our home church and evening service. And so we, we were out there, and we did what we had to do out there. But while we were there, the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, he showed me a home. And in that, as we were in that home, the Lord took me and backed me off the home to the front of the property, and there was a marquee that said Sarah's heart. I said, what is Sarah's heart? And the Lord said, what was Sarah's heart? Sarah's heart was to have a child. Abraham, Sarah, 
Maybe I had to say that for you to get it. And and so I understood at that point in time what we what we needed to do. So we went back to Brooklyn Teen Challenge for two years, and well, we were almost at the end of our two years. I got a call from uh, a pastor friend of ours who took a church down in Olean, New York. Never heard of Olean, New York. He says, he says, come up and share with the pastors, because the pastors meet every morning and pray together, about seven, eight pastors. Well, we went up and we shared with them what our heart was to do, was to open a children's home. And, and so they all got on board, and after we met with them two or three times, we, we decided we were going to move up there. And we didn't have a place, so we asked our pastor, uh, don't ever ask your pastor to find you a place to live. <laughs> he found us a trailer. Now listen, you need to understand something. I was from Brooklyn. We moved to Long Island. To me, a trailer is something you put stuff in to bring around to people. All right? And and so I said, I'm not going to live in a trailer. But then I realized what it was. And so my wife had the wisdom to call his wife and said, would you go check this thing out and make sure it's okay for us to live? Anyway, the men from the church got together, fixed this trailer up. We lived there. I don't know how many years we were going around itinerating um, throughout New York State sharing the need to rescue children. And um, while we were traveling, uh, my wife had problems with her back. So one of the pastors said, there's a chiropractor that comes to our church, and she will take care of your back. She usually blesses pastors and missionaries. So Eileen started going there. Then my back started hurting, and I started going there. And um, she said to us, my business is really slow. I need to get rid of this house. Do you want to buy it? Do you want to move in and buy it? This is a big old Victorian house in Portville. Anyway, we met with our board. Our board said go and buy it, and we did. And this is where we are right now. We're living there. And um, our first group of kids was three uh, Puerto Rican boys from Buffalo. It's a long story, and I won't go on with it, but we had them for a year. And on and off, we've been taking children, and we got involved. Our board insisted we get involved with the foster care, and we started bringing kids in through that. And in the meantime, uh, there there was a couple that had 13 acres of land up in Hinsdale, which is the other side of Olean, and they donated it to us. And um, that's where we are right now. Uh we're in the process of building a children's home that's going to hold 30 children. Um, and you could look. We have the plans up in the back. We have information in the back. There's a whole packet you could pick up. It explains who we are, um, where we've come from, and what, we, what we're planning to do. It's a bio, a short bio of us. And... Um, that's where we are right now. And so we, uh, 
it's a big hill, uh, and we had trees chopped down, excavator come in and made a road up to the top. We're actually meeting with a well driller tomorrow morning about drilling a well to test for pressure and purity and so on. This is probably, I'm saying three, but it's probably between three and four million dollars to do this. That's nothing for our God, isn't it? It's nothing. But it's all in his plan and in his timing. Sometimes we get a little frustrated with that. Sometimes we want God to move quicker than, but he knows what the timing needs to be in our lives. Amen? So if you have any questions, um, ask Pastor Dan. No, don't ask Pastor Dan. We'll be in the back by the table after the service if you have any questions or uh, anything that I missed here that you need to know. Um, I want to talk to you just for a couple minutes this morning. This is the first church I've ever... Oh, it's all the way back there. This is the first church I've ever been in where right in front of you there's not a clock. So Pastor Dan says if I go past 1130, I'm going to be penalized. No, he didn't say that. Anyway, the the video that you looked at a couple of minutes ago was talking about Abraham. And um, before he was Abraham, he was Abram. In Genesis 12, 1 to 3 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will, I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in all your families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram packed his bags, not knowing where he was going, and he just left. Now, what, what's important at this time was that Sarai, who became Sarah, her big thing was wanting a child. All she did was she wanted a child. And it, it, it takes you through a whole bunch of different things. But they had a child. And understand this is what the child got old. And the Lord said, Abram, Take your son, your only son, and offer him up as a, as a sacrifice, and I'll tell you where to go to do it. And if, if you read those verses, those verses say that he argued with the Lord about it. Actually, he didn't. The next verse was that he got up the next morning, took his son, took a donkey, took a couple of, of his uh, servants, and he headed out. He had no question. This is the only son and they've been waiting a really long time for. And he did not question the Lord about why you're doing this. Because in the, in the bottom of the whole thing, and you need to understand this for your life also, God may take you in a direction or point you somewhere where you don't understand what's going on, but understand this, that God only wants what's best for your life. 
no matter what he tells you to do, no matter where he tells you to go, it's all because he, he, it's a plan for your life and you need to do what, what he tells you to do. Uh, you go on to um, Isaac and Isaac is the same thing. And you go on to Jacob and Jacob is the same thing. They, they, uh, you, you could go even go on to any one of the patriarchs. You go on to David. You could go on to Isaiah. And they all talk about um, where the Lord has taken them. Where, you know, the direction the Lord has is, is given them. And that's the Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it said, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus went into the wilderness, and after 40 days, he fasted, 40 days and nights, and he became hungry. And verse 3 of, of chapter 4 says, and the tempter came. All right? Jesus took, uh, the, the, the father took his son into the wilderness at a point of separation. He was separated from everybody and everything. He was alone in the desert. So the first part is separation. As he was in this desert experience, there was a preparation. God was preparing him. See, God will call you to a point of separation. Maybe you won't leave your home. Maybe you won't leave your church. Maybe you won't... uh, leave your job or any other thing, but God will call you to a point. If he's got something for you, he will call you to a point of separation. And in that point of separation is where the preparation comes in. He will prepare your heart for what he has for you. And that's what he's doing with Jesus right here. And so he was in the the desert for 40 days and 40 nights for what? Number one, he was there at the end to be tempted by the devil. Do you remember the story? Shake your head. He was, I was just one knowing if you're listening to me. He was tempted by the devil, number one. Had he not been in that time of preparation, had he not been, had he been tempted by the devil, who knows what would have happened? And we know with Jesus and what would have happened, but I'm talking about us during a time of preparation in his word. The enemy will come in and try and deter you or derail you. So Jesus was prepared. So he, he was number one to be tempted by the devil. And number two, if you go down to verse 12 in there, is when Jesus started his ministry. He didn't have a ministry prior to then because he needed to go through a time of preparation. Then the revelation came. So he had a time of separation. He had a time of preparation. He had a time of revelation. And the revelation he he already knew, but it was what he needed to do. So Jesus found himself Right after that, walking on a beach. And as he's walking on the beach, he comes up to um, Peter and Andrew. And they were mending their nets. They were getting ready to go out fishing. And he said to them, come with me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. 
They had immediately dropped what they were doing and followed him. As they went down further, they met with James and John, the brothers, the sons of Zebedee. Same thing happened. And they left their family. So Peter and, Peter and Andrew left their livelihood. James and John left their family. And if you go to Luke 5, 17, uh, 27 to 28, is where he goes in <coughs> to speak to Matthew. Matthew's in his little office, uh, counting money. Now, if you remember, Matthew was a tax collector. And so he goes into Matthew and he says to Matthew, put down what you're doing and come and follow me. Matthew dropped everything he was doing. And he, he went to follow Jesus. Now, understand Matthew was a Jew, and the Romans trusted him to count the taxes. It probably wasn't a good move, and I'm sure Matthew made a lot of money doing it. But Matthew dropped his riches to do what God told him to do. And uh, brings me to the point where after being spoken to by our senior pastor on Long Island two times about going to Central Bible College and getting my credentials, that I realized this was God telling me that I had to do this. And I think the reason God, one of the reasons God told me this is what you need to do was because I was so caught up and involved in ministry that I couldn't do correspondence and, and get my credentials that way. So we had to put all of that down and go out to Missouri. It sometimes baffles me how God works. But no matter what God is telling you to do, even if it baffles you, you need to do it. Amen? So... It, we went out to Missouri, which was our point of separation. And um, as we were going to school, God was God. That's when God gave me that dream that I spoke to you about, and that was our point of of preparation. God was preparing us to the revelation of what He was going to have us do, building this children's home. So we weren't, we weren't really sure what, what we were going to be doing here. We know we were going to school. God was preparing us when he spoke to me that we were going to be doing this. We didn't know how it was going to come about or anything. We just needed to be focused and aware of what God, God was going to call us to do next. The disciples were walking with Jesus for three years. They had their separation when they left their family and they left their riches and they left their business and they were walking with Jesus for three years. That was the separation process and walking with him for three years was their preparation process. He was preparing them as they watched him heal the sick and raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and isn't that what God has called us to do? I think we have a hard time. You don't see many people who 
with leprosy in our days, but I don't know. Raise your hand after I, after I ask the question. Have you ever prayed for anyone that needed some type of healing, whether it was physical or whatever? You ever lay your hand on them and pray for them? But not really having the full assurance in your heart that the prayer you're praying is going to do what their, their need is? It's not your responsibility. If God has asked you to pray for someone, then you pray for them. And it's God's responsibility if he's going to heal them or he's not going to heal them or what he's going to do. You're just being obedient. And so this is what the disciples seen Jesus doing. And they're saying, wait a minute here. If I go over and I lay hands on someone like Jesus did and I pray for them what if they don't get healed Jesus never had that question see although Jesus was fully God he was also fully man and he had the same thoughts and he had the same things that we go through every day amen that's what he had because he was fully man but Jesus, the only difference is Jesus had the assurance in his heart that when I pray, the Father's going to hear my prayer and he's going to answer it. And that's, that's what we need to do. That was a little extra. I, I went off on a rabbit trail. So what is preparation? Well, part of, part of preparation is building character. I think it's the army that has the saying, be all that you can be. Well, God wants us to be all that we can be, and we need to go through that preparation process, and part of it is building character. And part of that is we need to be people of our word. When we tell somebody we're going to do something, we need to do it. When we tell somebody... We're going to call them. We need to call them. We need to be people of our word, and we need to be people of the word. That's a preparation process. The healing, the delivering, delivering the relationships. And, and the last part is learning to master. Everybody wants to master the 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 gifts of the Spirit, the speaking in tongues and, and, and uh, all of the prophecy and all of these other things. Everybody wants to do that. But nobody has mastered the fruit of the Spirit. The, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. Let me tell you a little story. There was an elderly gentleman who was part of a church. And he would go into that church every Sunday, and he'd sit in the same chair or the same pew, and worship would be going on, and when there was a lull in worship, he would speak out in tongues, and he would give the, the answer to what the tongues was. 
As he was going into the church, never said good morning to anybody, walked by the ushers, went and sat down. After service was over, he got up, he walked out, never said a word to anybody. So I need to ask you, how valid was that tongues and interpretation when there was no fruit? When, when he, did, he didn't shake someone's hand and say, good morning, I love you, or anything like that. There was no fruit. They didn't see any fruit, but they seen the gifts. So how valid were the gifts? We need to be able to step into and operate into the calling or the revelation God has given us, and that's the last one, is the, is the revelation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 says, We have obtained an inheritance which was predestined. And so God, had, God has given us an inheritance, and part of that inheritance is the ministry he has given us to do. I looked at your cards. I love those cards that you have in the back of the pews that people fill out. and Every, every church has different ones, but, but I really love those. Of course, they, they complete everything that you need to. You know, a lot of them just say, put your name and, and email and telephone number down, and if you need prayer, we'll call you, whatever. A lot of them don't have a reverse side that asks you if you want to get involved in ministry. And, and if you really don't know what you need to do, you probably need to come to us and we'll help you figure out where you fit into the church. Because the Apostle Paul, in talking to uh, the folks, said, not everybody is an ear, although we all hear the word of God, but some of us are noses. Some of us are fingers, some of us are toes, some of us are hearts, some of us are eyes. See, and without a mixture of all of them, we don't have the body. The body needs to be composed of different members doing different things, different ministries. I'm saying things, but I mean ministries. And, and that's basically what we're called to do. So... Before, when I was young in the Lord, my question or my statement was, I just want to live my life. I'll go to, I want to go to church and I want to be with my family. You know what, that's it. I'll, I'll say good morning to you. I'll hear the word. I'll be part of worship. I'll say goodbye to you, and I'll be back next week. And that was my idea when I was young in the Lord. But God called us to dive into ministry. And that's what we did when when we were young in the Lord. We got involved in the bus ministry. And uh, I I think it's obsolete now, but I, I I became a Royal Ranger commander. My wife was working with the missionettes. It's not obsolete. You have it here? Goody. I'm, I'm glad. Kids are a big part of, of the church, of the body. And once our kids outgrew Royal Rangers and missionettes, they moved up into youth. Uh, God bless you. 
they moved up into youth. And when they moved up into youth, God called us to move up into youth. And they were like, we can't get rid of you guys. But we were in youth for a long time before God called us into full-time ministry. So a little plug here. Of course, I'm winding down with my message of separation, preparation, revelation. If you're not involved in ministry, get involved. If you haven't filled out one of them cards, fill it out. If you don't know what I want to, I really want to work in the church somewhere, but I don't know where, fill it out. Check that little thing that says you don't know where. And, and I'm sure Pastor Dan and, and the leadership will plug you into a place that that's fitting for you. But don't just come into church on Sunday, worship, hear the message, leave, and come back next week. I looked at, I was looking at the, the, the screen, and there are so many ministries in this church you can get involved in. Get involved. Get involved. Amen? Pastor?